What up, what up? Welcome back to the Divya Cup, the podcast. I am your humble host, two-time league champion, probably not this year's champion, Mark Sheehan here with reigning champ, Andrew Nevin. Nevin? It's the first shade of doubt I've heard from you all season. Well... Finally coming to acceptance. That's okay. I was going to say... When your hometown hero burns you like that, it's pretty demoralizing. Yeah. Um, it was a pretty big week for playoffs. few teams are uh, officially looking at the consolation bracket now. I mean, not me. Not, yet. not you yet. A couple other ones. We'll get to it. But uh, otherwise, a lot of big seeding implications this week mm-hmm. for pretty much everyone in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I guess without further ado, pretty tough one, Sheehan. I feel like I've said pretty tough one, Sheehan, six weeks in a row now. You got a deep bench. You've just been making the wrong decisions. The storyline of your team is, uh, benching a lot of points. Once again, you left two huge performances on your bench. Really been the story of the season. That's how I've started every episode. I gotta be honest with you, and this is gonna sting for you to hear. Going into Sunday Night Football, I was pretty confident you were going to win. I think you were probably pretty confident you were going to win. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone anticipated Tom Brady having the worst game probably of his entire career. No, fact- probably his factually. Whole life, actually. I think we could go back to like peewee football. I can't remember the last time I've seen an NFL football game be that one-sided for 60 minutes. There's really not much you could have done. I do think your team kind of stinks. And you lost by 29 points. I mean, you only put up 58 points, which is insane because... Well, yeah, because of Tom You're having a pretty decent week. I mean, if I started Josh Allen, I won. And uh, this is obviously one you really needed to have it's, for the playoffs. Yeah, um, borderline was a must win. You're still hanging on by a thread, but uh, I think what also really hurts here... Demos didn't... He didn't have a bad week, but yeah. he, he kind of had the week you needed him to have. Like, he didn't have one of his Demos 120-point right. weeks. Like, he had... One of his more modest weeks that he has the majority of the time. So it's not like he just outgunned you like he did it's, the first time. But at least like with this particular matchup, it's like I did finally get a low enough points against to contend with. And I did get production, but the guy I got production out of was on my bench. And like... <laughs> and you would have won. And I would have won. So, yeah, I mean, it's not looking great. At this point, I need to win out, and I need someone from our division to lose out. That's named Mark Demaray, basically. Basically. Yeah. But also, I'm pretty sure Demaray plays Demos, and I don't think I can have... I mean, Demos can win one... Demos needs to win just that matchup and lose the rest. So it's (laughs) like... But I will say this. Demos... He's looking like a playoff team. I say what he you is, want. and that, that's the thing I was also going to say about this one. Demos is doing what Demos does. What'd you say? Bet your pennies or something that you'd be in here? Bet your buttons. <laughs> bet, bet your buttons. You bet your buttons Demos is making the playoffs, and uh, I think he's won four games in a row now. Wow, has he really? It might be three, actually. might be three. I think it's three one in five. Still, though, three wins in a row for team... Two of them are against me, so take that with a grain of salt. For sure, but uh, you know, there's still a little bit of an uphill battle for team, mm-hmm. but he's now put himself only one game out of the playoff spot that Demaray currently has, and uh, they're kind of moving in different directions to a certain extent at this point. So. Yeah, I mean, speaking of Demaray's team, big matchup, big interdivisional matchup against Henry. Huge matchup. Anytime you're playing Henry, especially late in the season when you're contending for a playoff spot, it's a big matchup, and uh, you know, Henry... Just does what Henry does. He kind of puts 
a beatdown. I mean, it looks like it's a beatdown. I mean, 25-point differential, I'd say. Comfortable um, one. You know, Butlicker gets some points, but, you know, this is probably the first time he's had 100 points put up against him the whole season. Actually, I think it's this... I think he's had one other time. <laughs> Is it really? I think he's had one other time where he's had a hundred points put up against him. So he finally goes up against a formidable opponent, and uh, you know the Mahomes Dalvin Cook combo is working for Henry right now. I mean, Henry looks like a legitimate contender this year, and it's it's. I don't think his team's average, and I think that Demery is like we said, he's falling to pieces. I I actually crunched the numbers. Mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook and Patrick Mahomes have accounted for 45% of John Henry's points this year. Total points. Wow. Well, that's all you need. No, but that's all you need. That's all you need. We've been saying since, like, week three or four, like, his team is a bunch of frauds outside of those two, and I still think that's true. Mm -hmm. But when he has the two best players in fantasy football, it doesn't matter if the rest of his team is frauds. Because, uh, you know, Henry's obviously a two-time champ. He's a good coach. He'll he'll get seven or eight points out of the rest of his he's team. Able, and when he's getting thirty points out of those two, that's all he needs. It, he knows what he needs to do. Exactly, like you said. On top of that, he's able to plug and play like a Brandon Cooks for fourteen points yeah. here or there. A Ju- a, even Juju, who at this point, I mean, I don't think Juju's a start every week kind of guy. He's more no. of a plug and play if you think he's gonna score. Like, and he can do that from time to time. Exactly, and I, I think he's 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 very aware of what his team is, and he's done a good job of. Kind of like surrounding Dalvin Cook and Patrick Mahomes with the right kind of guys he needs. He doesn't need boober bus guys. He right. just needs seven or eight points. Right. Everyone. He's done that. On the flip side, definitely got a big chuckle out of Demaray Chasing Corey Davis and benching Curtis Samuel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Corey Davis did not catch a pass. Curtis Samuel had, I think, like 16 or 17 points. Yep, he had another good day. So that was a good chuckle for me, especially after last week. Well, I know what my right. other chuckle was, was uh, him playing the, if I recall correctly, the Tampa Bay running back that got less points. Oh, that was the other chuckle. That, that is uh, the other chuckle. He played both Tampa running backs. Last, oh, he oh he played and them And they both. combined for, I think, like four. nine rushing yards. Yeah, combined for four points. Yeah, so, uh, yep. You were not the only victim of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers performance on Sunday night. Yep. It was Demery as well. It's just, like, that problem alone, I think, is going to derail his team. Because how do you... If you need to commit two roster spots to those running backs to only get a good performance out of one of them, and sometimes neither of them will give you a good performance, like, you're losing in fantasy football. Like, that, it's as simple as that. I think Demery is going to probably lose out. <laughs> you're locking that in? He plays Demos, who's hot. He plays me with <laughs> He has the lowest points against and I'm getting my and I'm getting That's my It's fair. I'm getting my top two draft picks back. <laughs> Which I haven't had for weeks. That's actually a great point. You you might be scary once you get those guys both back. <laughs> They're back this week. Good timing. Perfect timing. Huh. Moving on. It's just another boring win for dear future Divya. 93 to 73 over Team Tatro. I feel like he's had a lot of very boring wins, which is kind of going along with the storyline we started last week of him right. staying out of the spotlight. He's not getting a lot of big, splashy 120, 130 point weeks or nope. blowouts. He's also not having a lot of 60 point stinkers. In my eyes, I feel like he's been in like the 85 to 105 range every single week. 
He has. A look co- at a couple flashy weeks, and otherwise he's been right in that range. But look at his points against ever since week four. <laughs> he's had a hundred fifty-four put up on him twice. <laughs> That's nuts. <laughs> Wait, we might have to change the storyline here because of his three losses, one is against me, obviously, mm-hmm. league office, <laughs> and two of them were because he gave up hundred fifty-four <laughs> points. So no, but I, I'm asking you to That's look at this. Look, look at. Since week four, he's gone up against 88, 69, 79, 54, 154, 154, and 73. So, true. and out of those, he only lost when he went up against 154. Like, five of his wins this year have been, I would, I would say, not great performances from his opponent. Uh, he's had some consistent performances, which I think is, at the end of the day, what's getting him success right now is that Tracy who has never been a consistent fantasy football player is getting consistency. And that's at least a little bit dangerous. Uh, I still think he loses in the first round of the playoffs. If he makes it, it's uh, still not certain whether or not he does. He can find a way. He certainly can. He can find a way. I'll give him this. I think TJ Hawkinson has been the sneakiest player in fantasy football this year. Very sneaky. Very sneaky. Very good. Didn't even realize until you said it right now. Exactly. It wasn't until I was looking at his matchup this week that I realized that he's been quietly very good. Consistent. Again, Um, that's what you need. On the flip side, I have to respect Riley's balls for benching Michael Thomas his (laughs) first week back after he has been decimated by injuries. Right. Uh, And it worked out for him because Michael Thomas put up a stinker. The way I look at Riley's team right now, he he has to be regretting his draft day decision that... uh, he would not need running backs to win football games in fantasy football. Well, I mean, this is what uh, you know Henry said to him in the in the group chat, and it's true. He drafted with his first five picks four wide receivers, and the first three were wide receivers. And the running back was Le'Veon Bell. And the rev- and the running back the running back was Le'Veon Bell. And I think like the fantasy gods did him dirty on this one because. They noticed that he drafted no running backs, and they said, okay, well, fine, then you're not going to have any of your wide receivers for the first few <laughs> games of the year. Because don't forget, like, I know that you can look at his team now and say, like, yeah, he has Julio and Chris Godwin, but he has not had yeah, Julio, Godwin, or Thomas for yeah. most of his season this year. That, that's true. And Jonathan Taylor stinks, and he we, wouldn't trade him away. I was I certainly was high on Jonathan Taylor coming into this year. Mm-hmm. I think that's why we had Riley, I think, number one in the preseason rankings. And now we know Jonathan Taylor kind of stinks. I don't think he stinks yet. I think he stinks this year. I think he's going to become a good player in football. In this, in the National Football League, he will I, become I agree, a good player. But not right now. You no, know, not right now. And I'm very glad that Riley rejected my trades for him because he's garbage. And I would have made his team better, statistically. I, I'm going to officially dub this the Tatro Doctrine, which states that you can win fantasy football without running backs. <laughs> um, also, last note on it, with this loss... Mr. Tatro is officially eliminated from the league this year. Thanks for playing, Riley. Definitely eliminated is uh even more eliminated than Riley. Yeah, super eliminated. Uh, let's just 
Wolpe beat Team Shea, obviously. It's really upsetting and I think extremely, I imagine, demoralizing for Nick Shea that his first game with McCaffrey back, McCaffrey has an amazing game and you still can't do anything. <laughs> that, was, that was the only thing I noticed about That's, this matchup. This is like really all you can say about this matchup. Wolpe gets points and he has a great team front to back. You can't really knock anyone on Riley's team. He's got a likely front runner of the MVP this year. I feel for you, Nick Shea. Because that was a, a purely a pride thing to lose in CMC's first game back. Like I, I understand that was not what you wanted, but with this loss, this makes you officially really sad to see Shea go this year too. But is it any surprise that the first two people to get the farewell claps are two peasants? No, of course not. Doesn't they, surprise all they've been you doing all. is chirping about how they have the better teams all year. But yeah, no. they think they they're have the better heavy. teams, but yeah, exactly. They're top heavy, whereas we've had to do. We're beating out. each other up, that's why. Exactly. That's how it goes. Oh, idiots. I noticed something particularly interesting about this matchup. Did you? Let me just say there's a, there's a few really interesting things about it's this well, matchup. Well, I mean, this is why we matchup. this is why we chose this spotlight matchup. It was a very <laughs> interesting matchup. <laughs> I don't think anything's lived up to spotlight matchup quite like this. So, one. Nevin, congratulations uh, on completing the clean sweep of the peasants. Thank you very much. Take a lot of pride in it, as you can tell. I mean, I take pride in it yeah. as well. Um, this is big. Like this almost gives me bragging rights as a uh, member of this no division. Doubt. That's what I said last week. I was playing for all the champs. Uh, all the cards on the table. It was a close matchup. And uh, yeah, completed the sweep of the Peasants. So the Peasants are officially untouchable to me. They cannot touch me in my fantasy football talent. They're a bunch Better of luck f- next year. They're yeah. a bunch of phonies. They are. They're a bunch of phonies. And uh, a very, very tight loss. And I know Bobby, it's only his second year. He probably doesn't fully understand really the the level of pride and sort of what's on the line between peasants and champs right now but i do know that he wanted to win this matchup i can say for certain he he was hoping to win i feel like there's a budding rivalry at least one side between me and there has been ever since he called you out a few episodes i feel like i feel like he's trying to start something with me and i and i feel like he thought you know, he had a pretty good shot with Kyler getting, you know, near 40 points. He's been the number one quarterback in fantasy football this year. You know, he gets a surprisingly good start out of, you know, a couple of borderline flex guys. Bobby goes down by two points. And a couple things to note. David Johnson, injured, leaves the game. Okay, fine. But that happens to everyone. But Antonio Gibson fumbles, loses two points. But he got bailed out scoring a touchdown. Gus, Gus Edwards, Edwards the same thing. Fumbles, loses yeah. two points. But they both had like twenty rushing yards and a touchdown. I mean, exactly. But what did Todd Gurley do? Fifty yards and a touchdown. Okay. A little more legit. Okay, but like, my point is just it's very rare where you get two running backs on your team recording a fumble and you lose by ten, by two points. That's very unfortunate. I mean, this is the nature of fantasy football for sure, but. I respect benching Zeke. I was going to say that too. I respect although, it. I, although I think he only did that because he thought Zeke wasn't playing. But I'll still respect it. This matchup went back and forth multiple times. No. At the end of the late slate on Sunday. I did not see that. Because what what went down in this matchup, we each only had two players left going in the 430 games. He had Cardinals defense and Kyler Murray. I had Dolphins defense and Deontay Johnson. 
Mind you, the Cardinals and the Dolphins were playing against each other. Right. I didn't realize until this week how electric it is when a fantasy football matchup comes down to two dueling defenses. <laughs> because what happened, he took a, like a one or two point lead on me, but then the Dolphins got the ball back and scored on the Cardinals, and then he lost points, so I took the lead back. And the cherry on top for me, aside from the fact that on third and one, the Dolphins' defense on my team stopped the Cardinals. That was huge. It set up a kick, 49-yarder, to send it to OT. There's no doubt in my mind, Kyler Murray gets OT, he beats me in this matchup. Who's the kicker that misses the 49-yard field goal short? Zane Gonzalez. No longer a member of the Zane train, but still the namesake of the team. (laughs) Zane Gonzalez, sake Bobby in this matchup. Wow. And you have to wonder, if he hadn't cut the namesake of his team, does he win this matchup against me? This is an interesting storyline. That had to have been payback from Zane Gonzalez for Bobby cutting him. He, He had to have still been salty about it. I think this spells the unraveling of his team now. I mean, this is... What happens when you have a team name that doesn't belong? And this is why we place, or at least me personally, I place such importance on team names because things like this happen. And and these are the things that I feel like uh, someone who's only been in the league now for two years doesn't get yet. But to cut your own namesake of the team and then have him lose you the game is the ultimate fuck you from Zane Gonzalez. And I think it spells (laughs) the unraveling of his team. I just think this is it. He's going to try and probably pick Zane back up and, 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 and try and recoup this loss, but I think this is the unraveling of Bobby's team. I think he's going to finish the year probably as the three seed in the Peasants division. Wow, that's a bold prediction. I, will, I feel obligated to say something nice about Bobby because it was a good matchup. I have to give him some credit. We kind of alluded to this already that he, you know... He's only been in the league for a couple years, mm-hmm. so he is a peasant, but of a different class, maybe. Feeling pretty good about the win, so obviously, I try to talk a little trash to him in the group chat. And I think he threw back a great insult at me. I was testing him, basically. I didn't catch this. I was testing him. What happened? I was, I was bragging a little bit about winning the matchup, and he said a, only a peasant would celebrate a regular season. Oh, win. yeah, he did say that. And I noticed all five of the champs liked the message, including myself, <laughs> because I was testing him. Did any of the peasants like it? was fantastic. No, only the champs, because only the champs would recognize that he's right. So I'll say this. <laughs> Bobby does seem to have a little bit better of a mindset. He passed the test. He's got some good trash talk, and he's got a little bit of a champ's mindset, but now he's got he's to prove it. I, I have to say, as much as we've trashed him, Bobby, I love his addition in this league. He is... He, I, I don't think he's the best peasant team right now. I think that's Wolpe, just front to back. But I do think he's the most electric peasant player. Don't get me wrong. I'll be very clear about this. Bobby, you might not finish as the best seed, but you still have a, a very good chance to make it further than Chris Wolpe. He will choke in the playoffs. <laughs> this is just clockwork. It's we, we know that's going to happen. It's not even a question at this point. All the champs liked it, yeah. and none of the peasants liked yeah. it. How much do the peasants hate <laughs> being know. peasants? How much do they hate Even being peasants? Even when a peasant peasants? stands up to a champ, puffs his chest out a little bit, and throws a good insult. Because Only the champs respect it. We didn't have any peasants showing respect to him. I think they're jealous of him. Well, I, yeah, I think Bobby is in an awkward position because he's come into this as a peasant, and he's probably looking around saying, what the fuck? Like, none of you guys have really like been able to win in 10 years like what's going on and i'm sure he really wants to get there and you know he's sort of only a peasant because he hasn't had a chance to really prove himself yet you know 
His inaugural season was quite bad, but this is a big bounce back for him. So I'm very interested to see what he does in the playoffs. I'm very interested to see what he does. <laughs> very, very interested. He's never made it before. He's never made this it before. It's a big test, too. We know what happens when the other peasants make it, so. Start of, Start of the, the week. Star of the week. At the starting of the week, at some talks you Pretty lame. Pretty lame start of the week. We've had a lot of good start of the weeks lately. Mostly Demeray. Mostly Demeray. I think all Demeray, actually. <laughs> we still have to so, do the tally. He tries to hijack his own segment. That being said, he failed this week in my eyes. I'm moving away from Demeray. I'm actually looking at our good pal, the king of the peasants, Mr. Chris Wolpe. And uh, I don't know if you, this one might have snuck by you, so I'm going to get you up to speed on this one. So I think it's actually not a terrible start of the week. About a week and a half ago. Oh, so there's some history in this There's one. a little bit of history. He made I a think... pretty quiet trade that didn't get a ton of buzz around the league, but it was a trade with Team Shea. <laughs> and that trade was Melvin Gordon for Jarek McKinnon and Mark Andrews. Oh, I forgot he got Jarek McKinnon out of that. He did get Jarek McKinnon out of that. Now... I know everyone's thinking Mark Andrews, noted Nick Shea guy. That's going to be start of the week now because he only had two points. I do right. I do like the mind games of playing Mark Andrews against Nick Shea. That's huge. But Jarek McKinnon, if you look at it, without that trade, Wolpe loses this matchup. Absolutely. Not even a question. Without that without trade. Without that trade, you have to assume Nick Shea's probably starting Jarek McKinnon. And Wolpe's probably side, starting. Wolpe's starting either Melvin Gordon or DJ Moore. Both got one point. That would have been enough to flip the matchup. So and to me, it's, there's no question it's Sherrick McKinnon. I year. love it. I love it. Wolpe, in a very, very rare year, and this is why I think he's the best of the peasants right now, he's made two trades. Two I w- fantastic trades. You want to know how many more trades that is than he's ever made? <laughs> two. Two. <laughs> yeah, what a great move from a, a slightly more senior member of this league than Nick Shea, and what a, what a way to put him down. That's a good start of the week. Right. I think an extra layer of this, too. There's another layer? There's already of, so many layers. Yeah, I, know, he, I mean, layers. he played Nick yeah, Shea. He, he completely played him. I want. I like to think Wolpe Nick had Shea? this matchup in mind when he made that trade, but I'm not going to give him that much credit. No, don't give him that. Chris Wolpe is the only person who has figured out San Francisco running backs, I think. He is also... He has started Raheem Mostert on every single good Raheem Mostert week. That's and Now fair. we have him starting Jarek McKinnon. I actually, yeah, I went back. He's only gotten one single-digit game out of a t- San Francisco running back as a starter. Oh, yeah. Jared McKinnon has not points. been good. That's why I no, thought it was his garbage. mostly been Raheem Mostert. Yeah. I'm saying. He's been able to figure it out. We've even seen someone like John Henry, who started Jamichael Hasty this week, who got one point. Mm-hmm. Even even the champs have been susceptible to this backfield, but uh, Wolpe seems to have it under control. Which I think spells pretty good for Wolpe. I mean, the fact that this could have saved Nick Shea from... Borderline elimination? I mean, is it fair to say borderline elimination? Like, I mean, he would have been in a, a tough spot he like would myself. He on the ropes regardless. Like, he, he would have needed to win out and someone else to lose out. But even still, a pride win was on the line. Definitely a pride win to stop the losing streak. Uh, and Wolpe CMC also, coming you know, back, the trade. I mean, there's so many levels. Sure. I mean, Wolpe had a lot, has a lot of seating implications. He's still in the running mm-hmm. for the, the bye week. Yeah, isn't it a three-way tie yeah, right now? They're all six and three. Yeah, so 
pretty interesting how the Peasants division is playing out. Can't say I'm too surprised. No. This is exactly what I expected <laughs> when we made these divisions. I expected... Two, I expected two stinkers. And three. I, well, yeah, I expected that the three playoff teams would just be the ones that beat up on the other ones, and then for the champs division, a bunch of, I would say, five great teams that have just suffered. Some of them have suffered tough losses to each other, That's... and I would also say the champs division way closer. I mean, you have a situation right now where Demare feels pretty safe. Even John Henry feel. Even you feel pretty safe. Demos could be a major contender. <laughs> he, really could. he could he could be the number one seed. It's not out of the question. No, yet. it's definitely not. I, I've not counted Demos out of the one seed contention because <laughs> he is he is red hot right He's now. He's red hot. He's one of the hottest teams in the league. Um I do think now that we're talking about it, it's important to note that uh all the champs are still alive too. No no eliminations just mm-hmm. yet. So uh very interesting how that turns out. Spotlight matchup of the week. Well, I don't like leaving under your spotlight just because you think I might find somebody worthy. Oh, I don't like leaving under your spotlight. Maybe if you treat me. Didn't have a clear cut spotlight. It's not clear cut. So I feel like we haven't discussed. I'm leaning away. I want to hear which way you're leaning. I mean, even before I scrolled through the scoreboard right now uh i had a, i had an idea and it's slightly biased but it's <laughs> I had the same idea it's the league office it's always the a league good office tilt. it's always a good tilt I mostly because i more often than not i beat you uh it's true historically historically i have pretty good there's record definitely you. still a little bad blood from week one there's definitely because, bad blood uh, from week one when you pretty, handed me yeah, that one. That was a pretty disheartening defeat. And I'm getting my team back for the most part. Not even for the most part. I'm getting the bulk of my team back. I'm getting my first two draft Plus, picks back. Back against the wall, you kind of need this one. Not Going even up kind against, of. I, mean, I, need, I need the rest of them, but this is the beginning of yeah, the rest. And I don't think I have the best team in the league, but I do have the best record. So in a way, you right. could look at it as you're playing the best. The top team in the league, right. at least as it, as it stands right now. You've got a pretty tough schedule coming up, though. So I have the first of many, many pretty tricky ones. I have a tough schedule. Uh, the tie is really the only thing keeping me in this right now. Uh, which you said would be the case. Which I said would be the case. I am not worried about playing Demeray. Bobby is a pretty hot peasant team, but I still think I can take him because he's a peasant. And John Henry is someone I love to play against, but he's very good right now. So I don't have to worry about him till closer towards the end. I think I play him week 12. So I, for me, it's this matchup. It's, it's this I matchup. It. I, I think Henry Demos. Is I, like the even, too. even if I'm not going to make the playoffs, I'm going to, if I beat you, it affects seeding astronomically. I guess it does. Yeah. That's actually a good point because this affects whether I'm going to get the first round by, which is one of the biggest battles right now. Mm-hmm. Plus, if if I win and you're out, that helps Demos and Demaray out because yeah. that's just another team that's eliminated. Also, if I'm going to get eliminated, um, so, there's yeah. no one I'd rather to eliminate. I, I kind of like it. I think for now, we're going to focus on this one. And, uh, yeah, this would be one of the best storylines the league has seen if you claw your way into the playoffs. Well, we know what happened last year. 
I started oh, okay. 0 3. It wasn't nearly this bad. I, it wasn't nearly this bad, but I was sorry, 0 3. I, I have to ask. You can you can you can edit this out if you can't handle it. What is the record for the longest losing streak? Is I feel like at six you got to be rubbing up against that. Have I really lost six in a row? Jesus yeah. Christ! I guess I have to you check. Have to answer. I actually currently own the record for the longest losing streak. Uh, what was it before? Five. That takes a lot of the drama away from this matchup. There you have it. <laughs> The longest losing streak in league history. So, new record. Uh, the previous longest losing streak in history was um, yeah, in 2018. Corey Lynch had lost five in a row. <laughs> and Andrew Nevin lost five yeah. in a row. And last year, Bobby lost five in a row. Wow. But now so I own that with six in a row. Uh, and you're looking to put that record slightly out of reach. Yeah, seven in a row would be very tough to top. I really need to win this week. Yeah, there's a lot on the line. Wow. Damn, I have the record. Unquestionably the the spotlight match of the week. On to the mailbag. Mail time. Mail time. Mail time. The mail's here. I can't believe I get to sing this song. Here's the mail, it never fails, it makes me want to wag my tail, when it comes I want to will, We have a couple mailbags this week. Oh good. One of them, from our... Need I ask. Our best friend. It's the Mark Demeray segment. And that means it's a Mark Demeray mailbag. Mailbag. H. Butlicker has a chance at first place. No he doesn't. No. And would seal a playoff spot if one. That's, that's not even a question. That's that's it. That's the. That's and would the seal a playoff spot if what? He said H. Butlicker has a chance at first place and would seal a playoff spot if one. Well, I mean, doesn't if even make any sense. If you're in first place, you're gonna seal <laughs> you are going to go to the playoffs. I don't think that you have a chance. I think you have a them. I think you have a better chance at coming what, in. What is this gibberish? Dead last than you do in coming in first place. Dead last in the division, yeah. I should clarify. Well, there you have it. Um, if Mark Demeray's team comes in first place, he will indeed make the playoffs. <laughs> we have confirmed it. Um, mailbag. I, I just want to emphasize, I do think, Demeray, you have a better chance of coming in last in our division than you do finishing in first. A little twist of the mailbag. New mailbag participant. New mailbag participant. I believe first mailbag ever sent in. Wait, let me guess. Is it Mr. Tracy? It is not Mr. Tracy, who is still staying out of the spotlight. Typical. Mailbag, Riley Tatro. Wow. Mailbag. Wow. He's been a member before. He sent in... Has he? Yeah, he sent in, a, he sent in the idea last year of there being a, only five playoff teams. He did. Oh, you're right. Okay, well, the, the triumphant return of Riley Tatro to the mailbag. Mailbag question or statement. Sheehan has the least amount of points in the league. Please address... Possible sanctions? <laughs> Alright, yeah, I mean, sanctions are definitely in order for the least scoring team in the league, I think. I'm down to set the precedent. Okay. What are the sanctions? <laughs> <laughs> you already have the losing streak record. <laughs> yeah, what should the sanctions be? I don't know. I don't know. My favorite part about this is... <laughs> He just overtook you in points scored this week, and he's probably been waiting to send this in for weeks. (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm assuming <laughs> I... left by 11 points. I'm assuming I don't finish in last, so if you want to set up sanctions, let's do it. I, I will spin zone this on Riley a little bit, though. He's the only team in the league who has yet to score triple digits this year. Jeez. <laughs> oh, but you are still below him, and yeah. that is sanction-worthy. Yes. Um. So, yeah, I think we need to seriously consider sanctions if uh, a league office member... I mean, I'm up dead last in scoring. I'm willing to, you know, uh, agree to sanctions, but you know, I can't be the only one. If I don't finish last in points, then those sanctions befall someone else. At this point, I would assume it would be Riley's the only person other than myself in contention. But I don't I mean, know. What... <laughs> certainly, it's <laughs> right. Uh, Riley, what are we playing for, pal? You tell me. I like it. We'll hear back from you, Riley. Here's here's a question. Oh, is this is this a mailbag? Nah, it's just a it's just a question. Okay. If the least amount of points in the league has to retake the SATs and then they don't score higher on the SATs, do they lose a draft pick? Higher than like when they first took them? No, higher than the points that they scored. Uh, is that possible? <laughs> I don't know. They it's out of sixteen hundred now. That's a wrinkle. It's out of 1,600 now, so... <laughs> I, I think that's certainly <laughs> the case, then. So then they actually have to try. You have, yeah, you have to I try. Like that. You might have to or else you here. lose, like, a seventh-round pick. I was thinking first round. That's ridiculous. <laughs> you could be lost in the league with 1,000 points. Then you need to be very smart. Seventh-round pick, that seems fair. I actually, I feel like I'm forgetting that there's still four games left. Yeah, like... Because right now I'm looking like I think you're going to probably beat a 673. Yeah, but... But if you I, have I can't like a thousand... A thousand. Points, like that is, that's really hard. <laughs> I mean, I think I could do it, but that's still... Right, I like it. No, you'd I, have to I try. Like that. I still want to hear what other people's input is, especially Riley's input. Agreed. That's a good start. I mostly ask because I'm pretty sure this will result in Riley retaking the SATs. We'll see. I like the side action we have going on. It's our favorite time of the podcast. Our time for a little power trip. It's the desk of the commissioner's office. The desk of the commissioner's office. What's on your desk? desk is pretty empty. I definitely had a desk thing. Ooh, there it is. Found it. The maid must have cleaned the desk and brushed it over onto the floor there. Good thing we found it. Yeah. Be on the lookout for uh, our second guest of the season next week. Yes, second guest is coming up. Other than It's going to be what you're going to want to listen to this guest. Yeah, this guest will have some things to say. A lot of things to say, I think. Probably. Maybe some contentious things to say. Hopefully contentious. Yeah. Hopefully. You guys have no idea who we're talking about. Yeah, it's a secret still. It's a, it's a it's secret. It's a secret. Second guest next week. Is there another power rankings coming out? In the near future, yes. So power rankings coming up in a couple weeks. And other than that, just get ready for Vegas, baby. That's right. It should always be on your mind. Good luck to you, sir. Good luck to you. Should be a good one as always. Yeah. Then where are you going to lose out? <laughs>